Awakener is an alchemist of energy and reality. This is Sheen, your host of AwarenessEvolution.fun, certified health, energy, and trauma removal specialist. Christina Schwind joins us today as a leader in the field of multidimensional exploration. She's a new paradigm visionary and awareness accelerator who uses her unique approach to guide other multidimensional beings through the adventure of advancing their psychic, intuitive perceptions and talents. For 20 years, she's experimented with activating deep healing alternative states of awareness and began her work with indigenous record keeper, Barbara Hand Clow. Christina has mastered a multidimensional activation process, which led her down a rabbit hole, oh, we love those, <laughs> of experiences with extraterrestrial and interdimensional beings of all kinds. Today, Christina does her part to assist our awakening world cultivate healthy, autonomous, exo-species relationships so humanity can step into their role. Finally, as sovereign creator beings of this planet again. Oh my goodness, Christina, that is so juicy. <laughs> how you say it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just can't wait to get into this topic. So please, please, would you please begin on the topic of what exo, let's see if I make this, exo species relationships. Would you please just dive right into that? Tell me how you became involved with all of this amazing work that you're doing. Sure, sure, sure. Um, first, Jean, thank you so much for inviting me to do this with you. I'm super My happy. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. So, so exospecies relationship, that's like my umbrella term for non-human sentient beings. So this could be ETs, it could be um, uh, nature spirits, it could be fairies, devas, you know, uh, interdimensional beings, stuff like this. It's like a, a catch-all basket. And how, and how I even got involved in this was completely by accident. Oh, right. <laughs> If we believe in those, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, back then, I definitely did. You're right. So I had some uh, transitions in my life that uh, changed the way I would be spending my time. And I, I went from working a corporate world into having to stay home a lot. And uh, I was introduced by the work uh, to the work of Barbara Hanclaw, who at the time just came out with this book called The Pleiadian Agenda. Mm -hmm. This is a, 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 let's say, a foundation book for an entire generation of light workers. She, mm -hmm. she really awakened and empowered many people in my generation and, and beyond. And uh, what was, I was determined to read this book, which was hilarious because it took me like five times to read each paragraph to understand what it was saying, you Don't know, you but I just, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so captivated, but, but what happened was it, it was activating me and it was activating me to connecting with, with beings that were, you know, not just spirit guides, but, you know, these interdimensional levels of awareness that I didn't realize I had such deep connections with. And uh, as that went on, I, I went, really went through my spiritual awakening process um, and I eventually started working with her once a year, we would, uh, she would gather a group of people in Lilydale, New York, over in the mm -hmm. East Coast, near, not uh, far mm -hmm. from uh, where I lived at the time. And in that, she introduced these, these beings called keepers of, the, of each of the dimensions that we were accessing. Mm -hmm. And that was my introduction into exospecies relationship. That was like the big dive, deep dive into what that was. And it was the first time I heard someone speak light language. It was the first time I heard someone speak insectoid languages. It was like the wow. first for so many things. And, uh, and she was trained by her Cherokee grandfather 
and her uh, Celtic grandmother. So she had both sides of the of the work, and uh, and she was trained specifically to stay multidimensionally aware, and that allowed her to to channel this this aspect of her that still exists in the Pleiades at the time and and bring this work forward. So it was like bringing a different a new cosmology for the human. And, uh, and we who, of course, have those agreements multidimensionally to participate, dove right in. We didn't have a clue, but we knew we had to be there. And we <laughs> did that. And I, I did that for about a decade with her and, uh, and mastered that process. Uh, and she was great because she really, she wasn't a close, she didn't close teachings. You know, she was really about open, keeping teachings open for all that have the eyes and the heart to see. So she encouraged us to do our own activations and collect our own people and introduce them to the work. And, and uh, because it was going to, you know, in her um, view, it would advance the resonance mm -hmm. and anchor it deeper within the consciousness of humanity. Hmm. And, and what was interesting about this, so in the beginning, people would pass out. They could not stay conscious while she was delivering the information and delivering the teachings because it was so challenging to our interferences, you know? Mm -hmm. So we'd have to have healer standing in the back of the room as she dispensed the the teachings and you know sometimes you'd be get someone would have to catch you as you're falling out of your chair because it would happen that quickly. And uh, so we, we just did this over and over again until eventually, you know, it, a crowd of people could sit through the whole thing and not and not lose consciousness. Oh, my goodness. That's an amazing beginning. Wow. So do you feel like you have any specific relationships that you've cultivated throughout this entire process? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, the first ones that I uh, befriended were uh, Palladians, mm -hmm. you know. Um, of course, that's a rabbit hole, too, because mm -hmm. <laughs> there's all kinds of <laughs> connections with that. Uh, so the ones that were closest to humanity were the first ones. So the Palladians, the Syrians, the um, different Octorian beings, um, Andromedan beings, stuff like this. And then uh, from there, it kind of stayed, it stayed in that realm, like the ones that were closest to the human family, um, those were the ones I was really building relationship with. And then simultaneously, I also started working with um, some indigenous from South America that were keepers of encodements for awakening the new human. Oh, and, wow, yeah, fascinating. That, yeah, it was fascinating work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so that also took a decade of constant transmissions and feeding and, and uh, feeding the, the, so how they describe it is a transmission is a seed. It's a sacred seed that gets planted in your garden. And by, uh, through ceremony and prayer and interaction with the elements, you feed the seed for it to hmm. grow. Mm -hmm. So if you're really wounded, the seed would just process through your system and create healing. And uh, then the more seeds that got planted, the more healing would happen simultaneously as you were uh, preparing the soil for the for the seeds to grow, the encodements to grow. And the idea was that the new human has a different frequency than the old paradigm human. And we are, um, and this, these encodements were really designed to rearrange our light body to be structured in a way where we can make that transition very gracefully. And their vision was to, it's for everybody in the world. It's not just for the initiated. Mm -hmm. So I was there in the early days when there was still a lot of struggle about indigenous keepers releasing their teachings and stuff like this. So, so there was a lot of um, transmuting and healing that needed to happen during that time. Mm -hmm. And it took, it, was a, it took a long time, it took a decade. Uh, but they also spoke that, you know, this, the, this that's taking you a decade to process and, and grow and, and do that pace, it's going to be in the new paradigm during the time of transition, it's going to take people two months, three months to receive all these encodements and grow them and, and embody the new human. Mm -hmm. So that was happening simultaneously with that work with Barbara Hancloud. 
and that particular indigenous uh, 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 tribe was very is very close with the Syrians and the Palladians. So so that that was still in that landscape. It di didn't really get hugely like really blown open until I came to the Rocky Mountains, and I saw Sasquatch for the first time. And then that's when things really started cooking. <laughs> oh, you just opened it up, didn't you? <laughs> Let's yeah, start there. Cooking before. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. So can you, I mean, there's just so many ways we can go with this. Um, can you give me a little bit about how it feels to perceive these different types of beings for you? Is it, is it all energetic or do you actually see them visually? Is it, you know, yeah, what is it that question. works for you? Yeah, because we have blind spots, right? And everybody mm -hmm. sees differently. That's, yeah. So uh, through my interaction with them, I learned about blind spots. There, you know, because there were certain avenues that were very clear and easy for me, which is emotions. I was, I was an emotional empath. Mm -hmm. I was also a sponge. So that was kind of a polluted pathway at the same time, you know? <laughs> it <laughs> so um so they taught me they really taught me how to perceive them and it would start off um with that emotional feeling when they were in the room but then uh with meditation i would start to um sense certain certain frequencies mm -hmm. that um it wasn't visual at first it was a sensing a knowing kind of thing and the more i worked with that and i also work with groups of people making contact with these beings so so the more we worked with that the the, the those data sets would shift mm -hmm. so it'd start off very subtle like that feeling and then that knowing and then that would start growing into other things as i as i grew in that but also i think what was happening back then i didn't realize it was blind spots were were falling away so i don't see them like like i can sense them when they're in a room i can i can have full-on conversations with them in my inside you know but um it's not a it's not a visual thing as much hmm. there is there are channels that they certain all right so spectrums of consciousness have access to certain channels of perceptions you know what i mean and and depending on and this is how i tell who's you know who's fake and who's real it's like the ones that are are really um uh, benevolent in their in the truth of their of their purpose they they reach me now in a very visceral way it's like i can i can feel their light like it's inside me mm -hmm. for your heart um, is it coming through your heart or you can, you're moving well, your heart hands, doesn't like, be open right to right. see sense yeah yeah but it's more of like a sun inside it's like i can feel it like it's such yeah. like it's inside of me mm -hmm. and and that's that's my barometer that has grown over time okay so so everybody sees them senses them differently i find that dream time is the most uh popular not popular but the most common way that they contact humans because you know if you have access to dream time like you can remember it when you wake up in the morning it's it's a perfect place to start making introductions and bringing new energies in and and working those lenses um our dream time most humans stay within the lens of who they think they are and their dream time perceptions mm -hmm. and and they help you get past that they help dissolve those 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 bars of limitation so you can go past that and actually meet them someplace within the dreamscape okay and so, it's, it's not a new thought there's people that have you know have uh ideas of going into ships or stuff and getting mm -hmm. lessons and teachings in their dream time mm -hmm. similar kind of idea but a little bit different so when you mentioned that you have worked with the sasquatch for example is that mostly in your dream time uh it's about half and half it's you know they really they really had to rock me first to even open me up to the idea that they could exist which is strange because I, I i always consider myself an open-minded person but 
Yeah, no, I had definitely had some very rigid uh, blinders to that. Interesting. Okay. So when you say they had to rock you, what exactly does that mean? Uh, so they rocked me with a, what I, at the time I thought was a 3D experience. So the story is, I still laugh about it because it's so ridiculous. Um, I'm driving down the, I'm driving down the peak to peak in Colorado uh, and I'm going through these canyons towards Glenwood Canyon and there's a lot of construction. I have my kids in the back seat, my husband's in the passenger seat and we're doing a, you know, we're, I can't remember where we're, I think we might've been going to Aspen or something. And, uh, and something just got my attention while I was driving and I can hear I can feel, it's like I can smell his breath. I mean, it was like this full on sensory experience while I was driving. And you know, when you're driving, your subconscious kind of takes over the driving part while you pay attention to other things, <laughs> right? Yes, so all too well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that kind of thing was happening. But then I had a really clear sense that there was a being at the top of the canyon doing a Hail Mary like this, like doing the, you know, and I was just like, as soon as I saw that movement with the hand, I was like, what the hell is in my head? And then I heard it. I heard his I heard the breath. I heard the, you know, and then he started trucking. He started like running as fast as he can down this canyon while I'm driving through it and, you know, and, and the going, uh, stopping and going in traffic because of the construction. And I can hear his footsteps hit the ground. I mean, it was like this full visceral experience and he ran down the canyon in front of me. And then by the time he gets to, to the freeway, I was like flipping out. I was screaming on the top of my lungs. I was like, no, no. Cause I was having a reaction. Like you're about to watch, you know, like when you're watching a deer go into the Right. Yeah. Well, I was like, my heart was terrifying. Yeah. It was terrifying. And I was screaming on the top of my lungs as he, as he goes into the freeway traffic and he doesn't get hit at all. And I'm seeing him just run, run, run. And then he jumps off the embankment on the other side and disappears on the other side of the river, which was the Colorado river. Oh, and did your family see this too? Well, they were freaking out because I was freaking out. <laughs> you know, I was like screaming. And I think they thought that I was going to, I was about to hit something or, you know, it all happened very fast. Right. And um, they're like, what, 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 what? And I'm like, didn't you see that? They're like, no, you're freaking us out. <laughs> You know, and then I just yelled really loudly. It was like, "Why did the Sasquatch cross the road?" <laughs> Sounds like a joke, right? <laughs> well, my eight-year-old in the back seat, Sabine, she's like, "To get to the next dimension!" <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! Right on cue. That's amazing. Right on cue. I know. <laughs> I find my kids do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Very perceptive. <laughs> wow! So you couldn't ignore that this was a reality at that point. Couldn't ignore. I couldn't ignore it, and I had it. My blinders were really thick, and so that sh that shook it, right? It shook, and I I could not forget. I couldn't sweep that under the rug. I really had to keep going over it, but um, I couldn't deny that that happened after that. And right. I, it took a couple more years for me to open up to other things about that. But what I recognized way way uh, later when those blinders finally did come off is that they have been in my dream time and interacting with me ever since I was a kid, hmm. you know? And, uh, and one of the things that, that, that flagged it for me was those indigenous I was talking about. I eventually did an expedition down to um, the Amazon, the Peruvian Amazon, and then into the mountains. And part of the meetings of that, there was a, um, up until before I decided to do the expedition, before I got there, there was a medicine man appearing in my dream. And then there was a few times where he would appear like materialize in my room. Hmm. And I, and it was always just a knowing when I would see this, you know, 
And um, there was a point in time I had a medicine bundle and I would open my bundle and he would be standing in my bundle, like things like this. Wow. Yeah. And, and then I had a vision and the vision was a, uh, well, I'll just summarize it. It was a Lumerian being, a very tall, hairy Lumerian being. <laughs> and there was an interaction and, uh, and with this interaction, a deep wound, a deep, a deep uh, uh, atrocity happened. And when I get to the jungle and meet this medicine man, I realize he's the one that's been materializing in my room and in my mesa. And he was also the one in my dreams. And what he did was he was an ayahuasqueros. And you would think that I would put two and two together, but I never did. Not until I was in the moment. And, and they're talking about doing, a, doing an ayahuasca ceremony. I'm like, oh, when, when, was, when did we talk about that? <laughs> you know? I was like, oblivious but in that journey what um that memory came back and and it was really deeply uh, uh connected to the sasquatch soul collective soul that that is with this with the history of this planet and and there and other nuances with that and once i realized that happened that that, that was a sasquatch i don't know why i didn't put two and two together when the visions were happening it's like that that happened in 2006 i didn't wake up until 2012 that that was a sasquatch hmm. <laughs> my vision you know yeah. that's how you know we could be blinders. yeah those blinders you could be staring right at it and not see mm -hmm. it right mm -hmm. um and the, it all connected to you know trauma dramas of the history of the planet and then you know soul journey stuff and you know the more i healed the more i integrated which is a huge piece to to shedding blinders the more i integrated the, the more i could see and interact and and do do um uh have a, an autonomous relationship and they're huge about autonomous relationship is which is where i get that term from by working you, with them can you tell me a little bit more about that yeah, so the tendency is for humans is that because of our interference, we think that we're sinners or there's the, we're these lowly beings and we have a difficult time owning that we're an infinite being in a, in a bio suit. And so when we come across beings like, say, um, benevolent Palladians or whatever, we kind of put them in the category of divine and above us and we go into kind of like a worship mode. Mm -hmm. and, and what that does, it actually cuts off right. their ability to assist us in the way that they want to mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. so the sasquatch were really clear in driving that home for me you know that that it's absolutely essential for humans to be autonomous in their relationship with exospecies and and step out of that pattern so uh that that led me into opening up the academy that i have now because the teachings, they, they would drop massive zip files of teachings and then I would, I would have to unzip them with the group of people. And then that just kind of, that group of people just grew yeah. <laughs> eventually. Wow. You know, it's very important for them to, uh, to interact with humans again. They really want us to come back into the fold of the cosmic family and, and in an aware way. And, and they want us to wake up to ourselves so we can reclaim our planet and, and, and live the true purpose that we're here, which is to weave our dream in with the dream of the mother, with the Pachamama, mm. and, and discover what's possible. So what suggestions have they given you to help, you know, just the average human out there that would like to begin on this journey? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, well. Big question. Yeah, it's a big question, because... <laughs> 
humans are fast backwards. <laughs> so it's kind of like everything that we think know think we know about reality is pretty much the opposite. Everything <laughs> is the opposite of what it appears to be. Exactly. <laughs> so um, learning about the reversals that's that's a big piece. Um, learning about staying in your body, how to engage with things in a way where you're not sliming other beings with your energy. Mm. You, know, you can slime them with your thought forms and your belief systems, but you also can slime them with your adoration and your worship, you know, stuff like this. So mm -hmm. that's a big piece for them to how to stay within your body. And one of the, the foundations of what we do was also um, shown to me by them, and that's tuning into the inner rhythms of the body. Mm. I, and that's actually the autonomous way to ground and center yourself is by being aware of your heartbeat and your rhythms within that. And um, <clears throat> there's a there's a Sasquatch gathering that happens every year. And the first time that I was invited to go, they're like, okay, so this is what you're going to do. You're going to take them in. Yeah, they're like, you're going to take them into the stellar network. And I'm just like, oh, that sounds fun. How do you do that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, so then they would put me through it and then I would wow. know how to put other people through it. And uh, when I did it with the group, it was interesting. There's a lot of insectoid beings that showed up in assistance of helping people access the stellar networks. Mm -hmm. and, and it was, um, well, people had really deep experiences, but they were also confused because it went to the opposite of what they thought you would do. Because most people, you think stellar networks, they think going out, connecting mm. Ours. But what they had us do was tune into our rhythms and ride the rhythm into our bones and access the stellar networks through our bones. Within? Yes. Mm -hmm. It was really quite profound. And when you're working with your bone records, it connects to ancestors. So mm -hmm. they also become awakened and healed. If they're lost in trauma, drama, and different realms and stuff, you know, they also, they get reclaimed. Wow. That's incredible. That's, yeah, that was That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's how that's how it is working with Sasquatch. I mean, they're they don't have the same uh, ideas of reality. They're not they don't have the same kind of blinders or anything in who they are. So just by being in their presence, it's it's intense. Mm -hmm. um, I've had uh, I had one come very close into my energy field, like within three feet. And it is like going into a very intense psychedelic experience, like reality starts to melt. Wow. OK, so. So they're cautious about how close they come, yeah. they're cautious about who they contact, you know, they're very particular on what they're doing and why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. So that could explain a lot about why, you know, they're so rarely seen. They're not just doing it to be private. They're also doing that to um, keep from interjecting their energy upon someone who may not be able to experience that in such a way that it causes distress. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. So, so one, of the, one of the things they also do is they use portals. Mm. Portals. Right. And, do, and, you know, and I, so I kind of, I said, I thought in my head when they were showing me, I'm like, God, I would love, I would love to teleport. And they're like, you know, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can already do that. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like, oh, Just remember. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be, you know, chapter 20. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. Okay, so there's just there's just so much information here and it's all amazing. I would love to talk to you for hours about all of this. And I know that you do a lot of this conversation when you're having your um, gatherings in your academy. So I'd like to get there in a few minutes. 
So let's just say there's somebody out there who has an awareness that they are in an area where the Sasquatch, in my area, they're called Sasquahine. I don't know if that's common, <laughs> but um, if they wanted to communicate with them, how would they prepare themselves um, to be in a state so that they are I mean, if you're you're talking about you get three feet away and all of a sudden you're on a psychedelic experience, that could be pretty intense. So how could a person who's not quite there yet just begin a communication with them? Mm, yes, excellent question. Thank you for asking that. So it really um, requires honesty on the person's behalf of where they are in the in their in their uh, journey in their spiritual journey, right? If they're um, if, if you're a multidimensional, if you're a fairly advanced practitioner, you can probably just, actually I know this, you can just sit in the forest where you know that they dwell or frequent and meditate, put out a heart call, a desire, to, and, they, and they can see right through any BS. So just put out that heart call of wanting to connect with them. And, and in that your spirit's, your spirit's intent will also be heard. And then they'll, they'll come to you in your dreams. They'll start that way. Okay. Like I said, dream time is a great uh, uh, platform for it, exospecies interactions. Right. Yeah. Um, and if you're if you don't remember your dreams, or maybe you don't feel like you're that attuned to the uh, to the non unseen realms, you can do three uh, D things. You can uh, there's something called the Wicha practice. Something called sand paintings. Are you familiar with this? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So they use those yes, sand yes. paintings to heal, to to bring healing. But you can also use that same methodology to make contact with with beings. Okay. So the idea is with the sand painting is to create a frame that captures the spirit, the intent, and then you put objects within the frame to create a conversation. So this could be as complex or as simple as you want it to be. Um, and you can just make a frame and, and put a stone, a crystal, an offering, whatever, in with the intent. And they can, they can read the energy of this. So it doesn't matter. Uh, you, know, it, you don't have to be clear like on a human conversation clear. You just need to be clear in your intent and wanting to do this and why. You know? okay. and, and, and they'll do that. So what will happen is that you set the, you set the sand painting and then you just come back into the woods and revisit it and see what happens within the painting. God, that's great. How much fun. It is. It's, it's so basically much. playing. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. We, because the, 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 the idea of the new paradigm for humans is to learn through creating, through joy, through expansion, you know, and, and in the past, a major facilitator of our growth and expansion was suffering. And, and they're, they're turning that paradigm upside down. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people who come in contact with Sasquatch report having major heart healing happen and getting activated not long after. Sometimes they meet the love of their life mm -hmm. um, or, or they discover their soul purpose. They wake up to it. And, and others who are, who are maybe healers or whatever, the Sasquatch will start mentoring them on, on healing, on how to heal with different herbs or with different barks or stones, you know, whatever is in resonance with where you are and how you work, they'll start, they'll offer very often to, to teach and coach you. Oh my goodness, what a what an incredible gift that would be for anybody who's able to tune into that. It sounds like anybody could tune into that. It's just whether or not they have the um, 
open space to do that, that they have the correct intentions. And one of the other things you mentioned too was the dream time. Um, I had a lot of communication with people who worry about whether or not the beings that communicate with them in the dream time actually have their best um, that are beneficial. Mm -hmm. So how do you instruct people who are interested in working in dream time to ensure that they're working with the, be the beings who actually are there for their own benefit mm -hmm. and yes. not just the beings who benefit? <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, because humanity's dream time has been hijacked. And, and right. Most, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I say for most, um, but not everybody. So, so there's like a lot, of star, a lot of star seeds coming to this planet that don't have the same kind of restrictions. You know, you know, they, their soul's purpose is not to play in that playground. You know, so they don't have so many problems or as many problems. Um, so there are things that you can do. Um, unfortunately, it's not a straight line. Okay, so there's some pieces in here. One is you know practice getting out of your own way by letting go of who you think you are. That's a big one. If you can let go of who you think you are and not frame things up according to that, that that's a start. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now, beings and dreams, benevolent, not benevolent. So that really all depends on how deeply you're connecting within yourself. Because when you get fully, I want to say fully reconnected and dwelling within your infinite nature, nothing is bad. Everything has a place. Right. It's just a matter of what place it's in, you know. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's about the relationship. Mm -hmm. So, so there's a so there's a waking up process that needs to happen, and and that that letting go of who you think you are requires healing of past stories, and and healing the things that um, our mind, our ego driver, identifies with, you know. So. Um, so say you're in a dream and you have a story, you have an interaction with an ex. Okay. Very many people, when they're explaining the dream in the waking world, they're going to go down the, 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 the trivia of, or, you know, the drama of why that ex is an ex. Right. <laughs> you know? right. And the, the mind and the emotions are now invested in that story and you're completely missing the rabbit hole in the dream. Right. You know, so, so the trick is to find the rabbit hole and how you find the rabbit hole is not by giving the dream a meaning, is not by interpreting the dream, okay? Uh, everything that, all the interpretations and stuff, I mean, it has use on some level because now you can, you know, see more into your psychological makeup on, you know, why that house was blue and, and floppy, you know, that kind of thing, but that's not actually going to change the energy and change the blind spot. Mm -hmm. So um, beings who are um, tricksters, actually, no, let me back up and explain this a different way. <clears throat> I, have a, I have an easier way to say this. You are the one in charge. Mm -hmm. You're being this, you know, you're the one in charge. So when you go into your dream time, do it with intention and purpose. Okay. So if, if someone wants to connect with beings and they're worried about, you know, dark, darker, you know, malicious entities, state your purpose and and make sure to leave out the invitation to those beings like you're not invited dude right you're in charge here yeah <laughs> even when you're asleep <laughs> right exactly this is my playground <laughs> and you're not invited you can do it like this but also in a more subtle way it's really important to collect your energy because throughout the day you're going back to the sasquatch teachings throughout the day you're losing energy to all these things over and over and over again i mean you get triggered emotionally about something and you're reeling about it 
you're losing energy. And not only are you losing energy, there's all these beings that are eating and having, you know, getting fed off of that energy. That's so right. when you have a habit like that, there's a little button packed, you know, called a button that's in your field that they can just tap on any time and get fed. So you're actually, not only are you losing energy, you have absolutely zero control, right? You can't control your mind. You can't control your, your emotions or thoughts. Everything is like blah, reaction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that's the desired state of the power of dynamics. They want you to be like that because you are like a smorgasbord of, of, for them. Right. <laughs> right. When you're waking up to the other, to the other part of the autonomy, you're like, wow, first you need to, you know, rec- be willing to recognize that that's happening and then be willing to change it. You know? Mm-hmm. So what I recommend people before they go to bed is to imagine all the interactions that you had throughout your day, all the people everything, even, you know, when you're in the shower, just go through the whole thing and, and in your heart space, get into the smiley, warm place inside and then call yourself back, Mm -hmm. you know, call yourself back. Like you're calling your kids home for dinner, you know, (laughs) very sweetly, very gently. It's important to address yourself in my opinion, you know, kindly, you know, don't say like, you get back here now. It's like, (laughs) nobody needs that. That's not fun for anybody. <laughs> Why would I come home to that? <laughs> so I, I, you know, place that intent of darling, come home. I have your favorite thing prepared. <laughs> you know, be, be inviting. So, so call your energy back throughout the day before you go to bed. Set your intention. And then when you wake up, call your energy back again from the dream time. Because, you know, we are multidimensional beings, whether we, uh, you know, know it or not, we are, and we're engaging on all these levels, even if we don't realize it. So we're oftentimes off in these other dimensions doing these things. And when we wake up, it's still off there doing the work, you know, so call it all back, call it all back. So you're consolidated. And so um, you're, um, you know, consolidated and reclaimed, you're reclaiming your space resetting yourself. And you'll also find, and this is what I noticed um, really quickly, when I do that, I will recall my dreams much more clearly too. Okay, great. That was going to be my next question. I know me personally, it's rare that I remember a dream. So is the process you're saying is basically the same. Just by doing this reclamation of energy and you're calling yourself back gives you the ability to remember your dream state easier. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, but I want to add a little bit to that. Okay. Thank you. For you, Because uh, lots of times you'll wake up with a feeling. That feeling is the doorway into the dream. Oh, that's big. So, yeah. 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 You can unpack it. It's something that you can unpack. So, so that's important. Um, another, and also I'll say for other psychic intuitives and has, you know, people are doing these other work when you're off in the energetic realm a, a lot throughout your day, you know, you're not going to, it's not necessarily uh, because you're doing the work, your spirit work in that way, you're, you're in the waking dream doing it, you know? So when you're sleeping, you don't necessarily need to continue in that way. Oh, that makes sense. So you're on vacation at night. <laughs> you're working throughout the day. Okay. Yeah. Well, it really depends on how much you're doing and, and, you know, how full on you're going for it. You know, if you're full on doing your passion all the way and not holding back, mm-hmm. you're resting in your dream state. <laughs> yeah, that's a really great insight. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So you've created an entire academy. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I was looking at your website and I'm just enthralled by all of the different avenues that you're taking in this work. Can you go into a little bit more detail? Okay, so, um, right. So the academy has some tears to it. And 
not everybody not everybody resonates with working with dream time okay so I, there's avenues in that, that don't necessarily require dream time but that's that's normally where we want to start people so the very first way to get in is by starting with something we call the dream time healing project which the whole point of that is to quite literally reclaim your dream time for you and get you unplugged from all those control systems and stuff, or as many as we can. So you can really have a clear bridge into the dream time realm. And the more you have that bridge going on, then the sharper your intuitive senses and your empathic abilities become in the waking world. So, so there's the dream time healing project. And then there's something called the healer acceleration lab where we just like go full on full throttle unraveling those blind spots. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it, and it is, it's, it's no joke. It absolutely is accelerated and it just keeps getting accelerated. It's like, you know, the Sasquatch. Uh, uh, so there, a lot of this is based on the teachings from the Sasquatch, but then they also brought in other people too, other people, exospecies too, you know, so there's um, insectoid beings that get involved. There's uh, um, gosh, there's a whole list and now my brain just went blank. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We'll direct everybody to your website too. <laughs> I love the fact that the insectoids, because you, they get such a bad rap out there. You know, you hear so many bad things about every insectoid is negative or, you know, all the ones who project themselves as light beings are all positive. And that's really, that would, I consider that a blind spot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, insectoids are a little bit more scary because they're, you know, very unusual in how they are energetically. And they're kind of, you know, if they come in with clamps and stuff, that could be um, uh, you know, disheartening if you're, if you have an issue with insects, but you know, like beetle people and spider people, and you know, these beings are primal cosmic consciousness. It's not good or bad. It's all about, you know, it's all about the relationship. So when they are starting to come into the scene, you're getting out of the galactic landscape. You're going into more cosmic realms, multiverse realms, and you really need to reclaim those aspects of you to have the abilities that you need to have, you know, to, the capacities to engage on those levels. So these um, these beings, though they seem like they're not us, when you're awake to certain uh, aspects of yourself all the way, you realize they are part of your family. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. And then, then the relationship changes. It's not an adversarial relationship. It's more of like, wow, blast from the past. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, I love that. Yeah. So have you met multidimensional aspects of yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, well, I've done this, been doing this work for quite some time. And, you know, the blind spots, right? Reality, you don't, even when you think you're open-minded, you realize, you know, <laughs> there's so much more. So I've learned to come to all of these beings in a very humble place. I don't, come you know with a big with a big chest and a and a shield and a sword no 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 you know i come in i really come more like a child and when you do that you're open to unknown you're open to things that are um would normally be qualified as scary you know because it's unknown it's like it's it turns it to more of a a, a discovery and adventure so so with that kind of flavoring you can open up to a lot of, of who you are. So I, I've had some experiences facilitated for me by these different beings to remember myself back to the original universe mm. that we all stemmed from. Um, now, I thought all humans, all beings had that, and, and I'm finding out that that's not, maybe not the case. Um, so there's something there's something to why that's so in the work that I'm doing. And, and, you know, a lot of things I don't know. And, and it's pro I'm probably one of the few facilitators that says, I don't know more than <laughs> <laughs> the stories of knowing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's really it's all a discovery and and, and the sax coach really helped me with this because they, they'll chuckle you know they're like oh, watch this you know <laughs> oh i love that about them <laughs> when i started taking that attitude i'm like okay i'm about to about to get a lesson here <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah yeah and and also do in another on another level of being in the more like um denser levels of being a physical embodiment do know that you know there's hybrids in every direction so you can have insectoids blended in with humanoids and reptilians blended in with the anunnaki and the anunnaki blended in with this and that and you know you can have like there's there's gazillions of kinds of beings that are interbred with each other you know mm -hmm. uh, uh, dna manipulation is really the name of the game in consciousness and in the galaxy mm -hmm. you know so so, and this is part of why I believe why, you know, when we have people who are mixed races and the human race, why they're so extraordinary, they, they're, they're like, there's like an extra beautiful that's, that they bring. Have, have you, have you come across people like this? Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, I, 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 when I was in Panama uh, for a while, that's a melting pot because there's been so many countries that right. you know, been uh, sovereign in that, in that area. And so you have this beautiful blend of African and Asian and indigenous and European. And, and I mean, it's just like these blends of humans. And so when you go there, you expect to see like typical Latina or Latino and no, not at all. Mm -hmm. It's, like, <laughs> it's really quite extraordinary. And the people are, they just feel different. You know, when, when you have a melting pot like that and, and there's not so much um, judgment going on, there, there's some, just something about that. It's just really beautiful. Yeah, I like the way you put that. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of, that's a reflection of the macro as well. Absolutely. As above, so below and vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so tell me if you wouldn't mind sharing what the first experience was like for you when you met one of your multidimensional aspects. <laughs> Okay, so the first time? Anytime, anything that you feel inclined to share. <clears throat> so I would say the first time was with, in Lilydale, New York with Barbara during one of the activations. So how that would work is that she would dispense the teachings on a Friday night and then Saturday we would prepare for the activation and then Sunday would be like an integration kind of sharing kind of thing. And there was a, there was an, one of the activations that she did that uh, that for that, I don't know why that particular time, there were a lot more people than there usually were, you know, started off like 20, 30 people and then it got bigger as time went on, but there were a lot of people. And um, I remember feeling like, I don't know, I was just feeling separate from people. There was something going on. I just felt weird. And as soon as she started doing the calls, which she would do a traditional um, opening of sacred space call, according to the Cherokee, and uh, and lit her pipe yeah it was when the pipe was lit that all of a sudden something happened and it was like it was like i opened from the inside out like this happened <laughs> and the next thing you know like the earth pachamama was like there and she like grabbed me and put me like like this on her body and then all i heard was tones intense pressure in my ears and I was just something else. It was, I couldn't identify, I never had the experience before, so I couldn't, there was no reference. And, and at the time I was really into my ego driver. I, I didn't understand that I was, you know, I didn't understand that that was a thing to the, to the level that it is. And, 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 and I just opened up and this, all kinds of things happened. And this was more than a decade ago. So I, I don't really have the details, but I remember feeling like I was something else. Like I was not human. 
and whatever that was, I don't know if I want it to happen again, <laughs> but at the same time, it was amazing, you know? Yeah. Uh, my ego driver wasn't so sure if I wanted that to happen again, because he's quite literally like taking the, ripping the rug out from underneath the, the ego driver's sense of control, you yeah. know? So it's a pretty intense experience. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was really intense. And then again, many years later in 2006, I would say that that, that also happened with that ayahuasca dose that I, that I worked with. Um, now, something people need to know about ayahuasca is that, you know, it's a formula to, it's the original tension is a formula to wake man, a, a human up out of the, uh, out of the sleep, out of the human sleep, you know, and everything about that brew depends on the people brewing it. And if the beings that are brewing it don't have that, that level of being within themselves embodied, then their brew won't have it either. And I lucked out and well, lucked out. Of course, it was all synchronized by, by our higher levels. But, you know, um, I lucked out because this particular Ayahuasquetos was, according to him, like the last of his breed. Because how this would happen is that you would get dreams and then you would do a seven-year hermitage in the jungle. Wow. And, yeah. And, and he said that, you know, you would find the most remote place that you can where there's no possibility humans will come across you and you brew the brew every day you, and you drink it every day. And every day you take a different path into the forest and you're doing that to deep, to deeply emerge yourself back into the dream of the mother and have the nature, mother nature and all those beings that you're sharing the planet with to teach you their wisdom, their medicine. So when you come back out into humanity, you are fully immersed in, in the dream of the Pachamama and all the medicine of nature of the jungle. And, uh, and he said that, that that was traditionally how it used to be done. And that nowadays, you know, he said, there's, there's not very many that, that are left that do that. Hmm. And, and like I said, you know, he was extraordinary. He, I watched him be in three places at one time. He would dematerialize, he would levitate, he would materialize in my room. After I came back from Peru, he would materialize in the back seat of my truck. <laughs> Just checking in on you, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, well, he was, he was helping me with some stuff, but <laughs> it, take, it takes a lot of um, uh, courage to do these paths because you have to face letting go of who you think you are, and it quite literally feels like dying, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that oftentimes is scary. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying for a lot of folks. Oh, part of you is, in essence, exactly. away. Yeah. 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 And then when you, the entities inside, when they wake up to the being entities and they die off and then you experience it over and over again. So eventually it's like, oh yeah, all right. I'm dying. It's a burning day. I'm dying today. <laughs> eventually you get there. Day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right. Right. Well, I would imagine too, as important it is to have the appropriate guide for going through those ceremonies, that it's also advisable to have a really good relationship with the plant itself mm -hmm. that you're going to be working with yeah that was one of the things i woke up to that um other lifetimes of experiences as being an ayahuasqueros that was something that came so i can i didn't realize this was a gift until well of course later when people were like no that's not normal because i can call on i can call on the ayahuasca experience like like that i can just go back and remember and it's here again you know and i thought it was normal i'm like oh yeah everybody who's done that can do that you know and people are like no that's not that's not normal mm. um i still think it can be normal i think it's really just belief systems that, that get in the way mm -hmm. but really it's an interdimensional presence it's beyond time and space so even though it was you know a decade two decades ago it doesn't matter you can be there 
back there in a moment. Mm -hmm. If you let it. And do you feel it's possible to travel in that respect too without actually having to go through the ceremony, just calling upon the energy of the plant, maybe? Well, or yeah, so that actually... depends. It depends on the person. It really depends okay. on how fluid you are and, and what you can allow to be. Um, what's really great about the plant is it engages the biosuit. And there's a lot of stuff in our biosuit, a lot of interferences that mm -hmm. it helps bring up and move out. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that's really great about ayahuasca is that if you have any poisons in your system, they become neutralized. Wow, I didn't know that. You know, so we had some people in our group that had uh, Jardia and some other pretty intense parasites and stuff. Mm -hmm. Kills it all instantly, and they, they were fine the next day. Amazing. Mm -hmm. We have so many gifts on this planet. Oh, my goodness. We do. We have yeah. so many gifts. Yeah. Now, need... when you are, is this another um, avenue ex of exploration that was brought to you by the Sasquatch? Which part? You became aware of the ayahuasca journey, or was this something you discovered? Right. Well, that was something that just happened upon. I, I didn't plan on doing ayahuasca. I didn't plan any of that. I, I went on that expedition because I really wanted to um, hike the Inca Trail. Mm. You know, I really, I was a hiker and that was something that I, I love nature being in nature like that. And um, of course, to work with the indigenous as well, but I was really looking forward to being deep in nature. And I don't know why I completely you know, looked over, overlooked the whole thing that talked about ayahuasca. I, I, I literally had no idea until the night it was happening that that was something that was on the agenda. <laughs> <laughs> what a big surprise. <laughs> Life-changing, huh? <laughs> yeah. well, I, I, I actually dematerialized with that, with that too. That was, that was the first time I dematerialized. That's, that's, that's one thing. The I didn't first know. time. Yeah, it happened again. I don't know how to make it happen. Uh, that's is, that's is part of the joke of why I've talked to Sasquatch about showing me how to how to teleport. You yeah. know, yeah, <laughs> uh, it just happens, and I don't know exactly what the conditions are that make that happen. But uh, when I was doing the ayahuasca that that first time, it, I dematerialized, and the only reason why I know that that happened is because I had a dear friend of mine hold space for me who did not want to drink. She didn't drink. Mm -hmm. She just held space and told me, she's like, I looked over and you were gone. You hmm. were just not even there. And I think, I, I think I was starting to tell her, I think I, I think I dematerialized. I felt like, I felt like I, I was dissolving or something. And then she was just like, yeah, I looked over and you were gone. <laughs> you have any awareness of where you went? Um, yeah, I was in a, uh, I was on a ship with some Fladians and they were talking to me about some stuff. Um, because I said in my head, like, wow, am I a Palladian? And they looked and laughed and said, well, of course you are. <laughs> there, was an, there was an echo of like, and so much more. <laughs> it's great. I love it when they have a sense of humor. <laughs> it's very helpful. It is. I think laughter is exceedingly valuable on this adventure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and that's a tool that Sasquatch use a lot to shake up dense energy is laughter. Love it. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there is a, um, a really cute story. There, I had an artist that was in the academy for a while, and she, we, we would exchange artwork for for her participation, and she was making a um, a digital Sasquatch image for me, and uh, and I can't remember who who exactly it was supposed to be, but uh, she was, you know, we're going back and forth with the proofs and. 
And I said, well, you know, maybe can you put some gray stripes in there, you know, like this? And uh, she gave it, she came back and it was like really super gray. And then the, my Sasquatch guy, she, he, he's like, I'm not that salty. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so does that one have a name? No. They don't give you names. All right. So, well, they do, they do, but pretty much it's whatever name you make up for them. Okay. It's kind of like asking a mermaid what their name is. Right. Okay. Never say it. It's not like you ever hear. (laughs) We cannot vocalize that. (laughs) Yes. And for our own ears, they will say, just call us George or. Right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. There's some some debate in there because there are people that really believe that the name is really the name and, you know, whatever. The human name (laughs) for our benefit. Okay. Wonderful. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about your academy, because I would like for our listeners to be aware of what it is that you have to offer. So you have a couple of different avenues that you've mentioned so far. So mm-hmm. do you recommend everybody start with the first? Uh, well, yeah, if you have a good relationship with your dreams, then yeah, start with the Dreamtime, uh, the Dreamtime Healing Project. Uh, if you are, if, all right, so there's a lot of people that are in the project who have been doing healing work or whatever for decades you know what i mean so it's kind of like they don't want to deal with the dream or they do want to deal with the dream time but they also want the so much more Mm -hmm. so that's the the healer acceleration lab and uh and you can you can definitely dive in in that way if you feel called it definitely depends on where your resonance is and where your heart's yes is Mm -hmm. like if your heart is if your heart's yes is for the healer acceleration lab and you do the dream time healing project, it's like, you're not going to get fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And if your heart's yes is in the um, dream time healing project, but you want to push yourself to the healer acceleration lab, you're going to feel like you're over your head, you know? So there's a lot of um, interdimensional engagements when you get involved with the group, because we are working in the dream realm so deeply. I mean, we do dream labs three or four times a week. So I'm, uh, the, the overall vision of the Academy is growing and is a living, breathing energy. And you're stepping into that. You're stepping into an ecosystem and you're learning how to be autonomous, which means you have to listen to yourself. So even getting through the gate, <laughs> you know, really important to listen to yourself. Of the autonomous piece. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, that's the, that's the biggest reason why we do that. That is the thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's why the Sasquatch, I feel like, are so gung-ho about what I do and what we are doing together because they, that's one of their visions, you know, that, that they too want for humanity. So they're very passionate, if, you, if that's where you can give it, um, when they're working with us. <laughs> uh, to, it's, it's, like, it's like, you know, have, being seen for the first time for real, you know. It's, it, you know how fulfilling that is? Like you're in your normal human world and no one really sees you they have their ideas and all that but they don't actually see you and then you come across someone who really sees all of who you are and appreciates it it's wow. like yeah. a breath of fresh air right <laughs> so how long did the programs last uh right so they're meant to there there's a introduction period so dreamtime healing project it's six months and the healer acceleration lab is three months but it is intended to be something that you carry on. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people in the academy have been in the academy for years. It doesn't end. It just keeps going. It's a rabbit hole that just keeps going and going and going and going. And and where we are now, we have uh, so many people who have been doing this for for several years now that we're we're cutting new ground. We're blazing new trails on what we're doing. So Mm -hmm. So it's always growing, it's always changing, it's very organic, and, and we're not stopping. It's not like, okay, check, all right, you got your 
check, did that, you're done, now move on. Certification, like, yeah. You're yeah, right. yeah, it's, yeah, it's not about that at all. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's a continual thing that grows with you. Um, there are people now who are starting to become facilitators, which is great. So it's, it's grown a lot in the fact that um, it's not just me doing the work. There's, there's other people that are doing dream labs and, and doing activations and stuff like this. So. Well, thank you so much. That sounds an, an incredibly value contribution to the humane population right now. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for offering that. I really appreciate it, Christina. And thank you for joining us today. Is there any parting words that you would like to have our listeners know before we say our adieus today? Mm -hmm. Parting words. Well, I would say, you know, we're all here for a reason. And all the resources that we need to fulfill that reason are available to us. The, the, the beautiful thing about the feminine path, I'll just throw this in here, is that you are given all the gifts and all the treasures before you embark. So you already have everything that you need. Thank you. Mm -hmm. True autonomy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Thank Thanks. you, Christina. Thank you so much. I really, truly appreciate you being on the planet with us during this amazing adventure that we're all having. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your multidimensional aspects with us today and calling in all those amazing energies and giving us some really great tools and tips to to work with the dream time and just for those of us who haven't gotten too far into the adventure, you know, giving people some tools that will help them just begin, you know, one step to start somewhere and to know that it's possible for all of us to have these magical experiences. That's what I love so much about it. It's the magic. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is meant to be a magical place. Absolutely. Right. Right. And when we lose sight of that, that's when it starts to feel dense and heavy. So thank you for helping us remember that today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You are a great conversationalist. I like with all this. I love speaking with you. Well, thank you. I just love listening. <laughs> that's all I'm doing. I just love listening. So thank you with all of my heart. I appreciate it. And I hope to have you back on again in the near future. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Christina. That's it for today's episode from Awareness Evolution, where taboo topics and fresh ideas emerge. Subscribe today to be the first to hear from more surprise guests that are sure to create more awareness and lots more fun in your life. And be sure to go to my website at www.awarenessevolution.fun. That's F-U-N to download your free heart energy expanding audio that leads you through a quantum jump into a reality you choose that is filled with ease and joy. Thank you for listening. My hope is that you've gained access to new wisdom today that will somehow create positive change in your life. Today's broadcast has been brought to you by Essential Oils by Nature. The only oils on the planet tested for purity and safety by using an average of 176 analyses on the life of a single oil. You and your family deserve only the most pure, most potent, and most effective oils on earth. Essential oils by nature takes great pride in representing only the best for you. 
please visit www.eobynature.com. Again, that's eobynature.com to get your oils today.